Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by, I have to say, one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to building an empire and specifically building wealth. Uh, Frank Fleck is uh, a good friend of mine, uh, was a client for a number of years, and now we partner on various different projects. Um, so welcome back, Frank, to Thank the you, podcast. Good to be back again. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, you're welcome. I, th- I think we've, we've, we certainly had you on once and we might have even had an episode that you and I did together for your podcast online yeah. as well. So our, our listeners um, may well recall you being on. I think I think it was probably a year plus ago um, when we last, uh, not when we last spoke, obviously we speak all the time, but when we last, uh, when we was, last had you on. That was the day before yesterday, I think, Nick, yeah? yeah no, it actually was, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, so I guess, well, f- first and foremost, Frank, maybe um, give, uh, uh, it might be worthwhile just looking back maybe at the last 12 months and what your key observations have been regarding the economy because um, what I'd really like to get from you today is your predictions for the next six to 12 months, you know, as we sit here, um, September 2021, like what do we see happening remainder of this year, early next year um, in, you know, this, I guess, uncertain period? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's a lot easier, Nick, uh, to predict now, for sure. Um, thank you for those kind comments in the intro, by the way. I'll do my best to live up to them. <laughs> um, so. A year ago, and you know, even a bit earlier than that, because uh, this all kicked off uh, March odd, wasn't it? March uh, 2020. So, um, 18 or so months ago, the, the predictions were wildly inaccurate. Basically, you know, the mainstream predictions were a long, long way off. And the thing that, that the two factors that no one could accurate, accurately predict, or no one that I was reading anyway. Um, was how would the biology of the virus pan out, you know, uh, across the pandemic? So would it mutate? Yes, it did quite a lot. Um, would economies survive? How would uh, countries deal with lockdowns? And we've seen massive varieties uh, in approaches, massive varieties in, in, in success or failure, etc. So that was very hard to predict. I think we've got a much better handle on that now. And I think we can predict it a lot better moving forwards. But alongside that, no one really predicted, again, that I came across, I'm sure everything's predicted, you know, but if it's in some small publication that no one read, it doesn't really uh, matter. But the mainstream predictions, no one was predicting the government's response. And it was remarkable. You know, I don't, I think I'm right in saying in the history of uh, the UK, the government has never paid people's wages. I think I'm right in saying that. And that was the whole furlough scheme, you know, 18 months ago, no one knew what the word furlough meant. (laughs) Now I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who, who doesn't know what it means. Um, the, the injection into the property market with stamp duty, uh, was dramatic. The, grants that were just handed out the to, to to companies the bounce back loans and the the coronavirus uh, business interruption loans and stuff the the amount of money that that has been pumped into the economy has been incredible a lot of people are a lot better off now as in they have a lot more money in their pockets even if they've been made redundant etc they might have been on furlough for best part of a year sat at home, not going on holiday, not going out of a weekend, and now have a lot more money in their pockets. Now, not everyone. Some people are obviously a lot worse off, and there's multiple uh, examples of both. But uh, there's a lot of money that has been injected into the economy. And that was hard to predict. I actually think, and what I read tends to agree with this, that what's going to happen over the next 12 months is, is fairly predictable given the the massively unpredictable nature of the last 12 months, we are a bit like, <laughs> this isn't political in any way. Those that listen to my podcast know that I, I, I am apolitical. You know, I, I just wait for the government to make the rules and then I play my game as well as I can 
and as profitably as I can within those rules. I, I don't want to be the, the, the person trying to petition the government to change the rules. I, I see that as a bit of a waste of my time. So this isn't with any political uh, um, slant at all. I think that as a country, we, and we've elected our government, so I think we need to take some responsibility for it. We have acted like a very naive business person in as much as we have seen a problem ahead of us and it's a pretty scary problem you know meltdown of <laughs> society potentially uh like I, I spoke to some people that work in banking the cash reserves of banks dropped quite significantly people were taking a lot of cash out of their bank accounts um that's because they were worried about um not being able to get it um and they, that wasn't publicized very well because, well, you can see what happens when you publicize. We've got the petrol shortage at the moment. As soon as the government come out and say, don't worry, we've got plenty of petrol, <laughs> everyone goes and gets it. It's the same. Enough, I, just, I, I rarely listen to, um, I rarely listen to like mainstream radio, but um, I got, I got in a car this morning on the way to, on the way to the office and um, I had BBC Radio 5 on because I'd been listening to the Ryder Cup on it over the weekend last time I was oh, in yeah. <laughs> and I put it so okay. I put it on. I was just about to switch it off, and it, there was a phone in about the petrol shortage. And I thought this will be interesting because I think often I'm sometimes like I'll hold my hands up and say a bit out of touch with kind of like how the general public feel about certain mm. things. So I was listening to this phone in, um, and there was somebody actually who was phoning in saying, "Well, you know, it's it's the media's fault because they've been saying." there's a petrol shortage and they're like, and then, and then the lady who was hosting it went, well, actually we were saying on Friday, Saturday, do not go out and fill up your tanks. And I'm like, but that's just as bad because it's, it's <laughs> putting attention on the subject. And of course, Frank, you know, we all know that, you know, you can't, the human brain can't process a negative anyway. So you go, mm -hmm. don't, whatever you do, don't think about going and filling up your tank unnecessarily. What are you going to think about? <laughs> so, uh, so actually the, the only solution is to not report it, which I think is what you're saying. With the, Exactly. That's they, what happened with the cash. They didn't yeah. report a cash shortage, which was probably the only, I mean, thank God they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as soon as you report, well, don't worry, there's loads of petrol. You don't need to panic buy. What do people do? They go and panic buy. Um, it's made, I think it's, it's um, really the last 18 months has just been a, a, a very, very interesting study into mm. human psychology and human behavior. Absolutely. The, um, well, just look at toilet rolls. You know, how yeah. can people get, like, can you believe two years ago, could you believe that we'd be rationed on toilet rolls? Like you could not buy more than two packs of toilet rolls <laughs> from a supermarket. Like it's, it's laughable, isn't it? You know, um, but, but it happened. Um, and so the government rightly, so I think we're very concerned, scared even perhaps, um, and had to calm people. And I do think they did a good job of that. I think they calmed people by saying, you have to stay in your homes. Um, I'm not going to cast judgment on that. That's a, that's a biological decision. You know, you, you can go out for your exercise, blah, 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 but you can't go to work anymore. You can't go on public transport. Every business basically is going to shut uh, every non-essential business and you have to stay in your homes. That's pretty amazing. You know, that, that's the, the, that's the substance. No, we've never seen anything like it before and no one could have exactly. predicted. And I'm pretty laid back, uh, as you know, Frank, uh, mm. I'm sure you're saying like, you know, I remember when, when it was first, I was in America um, in uh, at a conference in Vegas. I remember at the airport on the way back, it was just starting to break in the news. And I was like, ah, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. It's all, you know, over-dramatised and, you know, there won't be any major issue. Uh, I, I was completely wrong, obviously. I'll hold my hands up and to that. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you'd have said to me, I think if you'd have said to anyone back there, you know, that the, there was going to be like a, well, in the UK, full nationwide lockdown. And of course, we've seen it in most other countries at mm -hmm. some point. Uh, it, it was unthinkable, unthinkable. Um, yeah, I suppose if the 80, last 18 months has taught us anything, it really is that, it, like, I mean, anything is possible now. I really don't think anything's <laughs> off the table, which is mm. kind of scary in some in some respects. Mm. But, but you can say it's scary, Nick, and I agree with you. But I have to admit, and this might not be popular, but... Um, 
excites me because change, change excites me because when there is change about the worst thing, as you know, my, my business is property investing. Um, the worst thing for a property investor is continuity because yeah. if you have an unchanging environment, people that are slow to adapt, people that are not as knowledgeable catch up. And then there's more competition in a rapidly evolving environment. We're head and shoulders ahead. We're at the cutting edge. We can, we can do deals that no one else can. And that's what we've had over the last 18 months. And it's what I predict for the next 12 months. So I'll come on to that in a minute, but yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 it's been, um, a lot of change and the government basically coming back to that metaphor of a naive business person, I think they panicked were they right to panic or not? Did they need to? I think possibly, you know, it was pretty dire, pretty scary. Um, and I think they did a very good job of quelling panic. I, we didn't see panic. We could have seen panic, but we didn't. So I think that was really, they did a good job on that. However, yeah, I think there's, there's degrees, aren't there? And there's, there's different places or different ways. Mm. Panic can show up and go, I mean, in the huge scheme of things, if the biggest problem was toilet roll, yeah, I know it's pretty it mundane. You got you, you could you you know maybe someone's listening to this and you're saying like you know people didn't panic and they go well but what about you know the people panic buying on toilet paper I'm going well yeah but if that's as bad as it got then they like you say I think they probably did do a fairly good job of quelling the panic. People weren't buying weapons and driving yeah, up yeah. driving up into the mountains with tents to leave the city. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, that's there's, that. there's levels. There's levels, and there? there's, yeah. there's there's probably a you could use your imagination, and especially now with what's happened over the last eighteen months, and you could probably create in your imagination a far worse situation and uh, you know a much more panic stricken uh, country than than we had. Mm. Although bizarrely, uh, you know, twenty twenty one months ago. Like what? What actually panned out to be reality seemed unthinkable. So exactly. I suppose I suppose we've probably just become a little bit, um, a little bit more. Uh, well, I guess a, a bit anesthetized to what constitutes panic. <laughs> like we think that you know what is what it is now is quite extreme, probably. Mm. And, and like just uh, i know we're talking about financing but just i'm a biologist that was my undergrad uh, degree uh human genetics was my my focus um just i don't know if i've said this to you personally yet but we have been so lucky as a species um for example i'll give you two quick examples right covid we had SARS a few years ago. We had foot and mouth. I don't know if you remember, like when I was, uh, what we talked about 20 years ago, we had foot and mouth. The, the yeah. Six Nations, what well, probably the Five Nations then rugby tournament was like cancelled because they didn't want people travelling. Um, I remember England Island was postponed by like nine months because of foot and mouth. And we are very, very lucky. So if we think about COVID just for a minute, the mortality rate is incredibly low. There, there's no reason. It's not like it's it's less likely or more likely that it could have the mortality rate. I'm not, I'm not a virologist, but of say, um, what would be a good example? Um, I'm trying to think of like Ebola, for example, Ebola, I believe the mortality rate is 50%. You catch yeah. Ebola and one in two people die. What would have happened if COVID had had a mortality rate of one in one in two? or one in three or one in four. Do you know what I mean? That would have been catastrophic. Or, and this could have been even worse, it had an incubation period of three years asymptomatic. Imagine if you had COVID for three years, passing it on to other people before you showed any symptoms. And you go, oh, that's not likely. That's what HIV is. And yeah. that's my second example. HIV, we are, as a species, so lucky that it's so hard to transmit. Imagine if HIV was airborne. And again, there's no reason why it's not. It's sheer luck that it's it's bodily fluids. And if if that that has quite a high mortality rate, or it did before we got the antiviral drugs uh, sorted, in that I think it still has quite a high um, mortality rate. But if you sneezed on someone and they caught HIV, and imagine how many people they're going to sneeze on or share a toothbrush with or whatever. If it was um, um, you know, touch hands with, if it was as easily transmitted as COVID, imagine the impact on society. We'd probably have like 10% of the world population that we have now, given that we've had HIV for like 30 years. And so, yeah, it's 
like we can go, oh, we're really unlucky. I think with 8 billion people, it's only going to get worse as well. You know, imagine when there's 9 billion and 10 billion people, we're going to get closer and closer. I think we haven't seen the last of, uh, of viral um, and bacterial um, impact on our economies. But yeah, it's interesting. Do you want me to tell you my predictions for the next 12 months, mate? Yeah, 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 for sure. And by the way, this is still um, fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I always find that these these podcast episodes never, um, not just with you, Frank, I'm not yeah. really that, but with everybody that I, or whenever I interview or whenever, whenever I'm interviewed, they never really take the, um, take the track or the road that I expect them to. But I think that's what makes them most fascinating and interesting. And uh, yeah, great, great. Cause, and by the way, that, that's actually the conversation that we've had for maybe the last 10 minutes provides good context for the conversation we're now about to have um, around what we think, how does what we know now relate to what you think will happen in the economy? And then really, of course, um, our audience are small business owners, entrepreneurs. What does it mean for the small business owner, for the entrepreneur over the next six to 12 months? What are the biggest concerns that we need to be wary of? What are the biggest opportunities that we can take advantage of? What do you think? Yeah, thank you. So in preparation for this podcast, I sat down with my accountant. Uh, I respect him a lot, used him for a good few years. In fact, your accountant as well, I think. And um, I picked his brain about this. And that metaphor of a naive business person, that that's what the government did. They threw money into it and kind of thought to themselves, we'll solve this later. Uh, They took on massive borrowing and... And now we're going to have to start paying for it. Um, It did quell planet panic. You know, we got through it. We didn't have rioting and stuff. Everyone was fed uh, and all of which, none of which are given, you know, all all of which were, you know, in the balance uh, to a larger or lesser extent. So that's what's happened. And now we find ourselves with a massive um, negative balance sheet as a country. And we've always had a negative balance sheet for, you know, uh, decades at least, but it's really, really bad now. No one's feeling the pain of it yet, but we're about to. So little things, little things like national insurance going up. National insurance has gone up by, it's just been announced, uh, the contribution from, uh, from employers and the employee has gone up, and I, I can't remember the exact um, percentages, forgive me, by 25%. I think it's 25%. But that wasn't what the announcement was. The no, no, no. So it's going up from this to this. Which exactly. It's going up from seven and a half to 10 or whatever it was. Yes. Yeah, it's going up from, so it's going up by 2.5%. It's like, no, it's, it's going up by, uh, it, it wouldn't be seven and a half to 10. That'd be a 33% increase, but it was something like 8%. To, uh, it would be 8% to 10%. That would be 25%. And uh, it's something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm approximating, but that's massive. So hang on that one little tax is going up by that massive amount, um, small things. And you think it's small, right? Small things like public schools. My kids don't go to public school. I'm not jumping on a soapbox here, but public schools. So private schools is what I'm talking about where parents pay. They are now saying that they're going to, uh, take away their charity status. Universities are charities as well. I don't think they're talking about taking away their, their charitable status. That is massive. Because, and you think about it, why is that a big deal? Well, parents who pay for their kids to go to school are already paying through their taxes for their kids to go to a state-run school. They're they're paying twice. Plus, on top of that, now, are they going to have to pay VAT on that? Potentially. The the private school itself is now going to have to charge higher fees because they don't have um, charitable status. So gift aid doesn't work, et cetera. It's an extra tax on all the people that send their kids to, to private schools. Um, we've got loads and loads of these initiatives coming in or new taxes, if you want to call that, because the government have to claw back this, uh, this money. It, it's, it's, Mass, it's massive amounts of money. We're looking at capital gains tax being brought into line. And th- this sounds really innocuous, right? Capital gains tax um, might be bought into line with income tax. 
sounds nothing, right? You buy some shares, Nick. I know you you do invest in companies. You buy some shares at, let's say you put 50 grand into some shares and let's say they perform really well. I know you bought some shares recently in a company that you, uh, you deal with. Um, and let's just say they have a really good three years and they, you sell them for 150 grand, right? They, they, uh, treble in value. Is that right? Treble in value. Yeah. They go up twice, double, double in value twice, quadruple in value, right? Traveling value, whatever it is, goes from 150 grand to 150 grand, right? At the moment, do you know what capital gains tax you'd pay on that 100 grand um, increase out of interest? I, I don't, but I know what it would be if it was in line with income tax, and that's not really not. <laughs> well, at the moment, it's 10%. Pay 10% capital gains tax. That seems quite reasonable. You've made a really good uh, profit. You've risked some money, and that's the thing: capital gains. You're risking money. You, you could, they can go down. Those those shares might go down to 40k, and you um, you'd swallow your 10 grand loss. You'd pay 10%. 10 grand on 100 grand would be your capital gains tax on that. If it was a property, you'd pay 18%. They penalise property uh, uh, by eight uh, percent more um if you're a high rate taxpayer it'd be 28 percent actually on property so relatively low taxes on capital gains because the the nature of it you normally hold a, an asset for a long time not always um uh, but for it to be eligible for capital gains tax you would have to hold it for a while you can't just trade in stuff otherwise you'd, you'd pay normal taxes what would you pay nick you're a high rate taxpayer what would you pay on a, a hundred grand disposal at your highest tax bracket rate, you know, forty plus percent, don't you know? Yeah, forty-five percent uh, um, for 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 most people in the high rate tax bracket, forty-five thousand pounds. So that little oh. out of a hundred. So that little innocuous statement. Yeah, we're going to bring capital gains tax. They haven't said for definite, but we're considering bringing it in. And of course, how many people actually pay capital gains tax? Not a large proportion of the population because how the principal primary residence is the, the house that you live in your own home is exempt how many people you also have a, a 12 and a half grand a year limit they've frozen that limit now that limit always used to go up uh, broadly in line with inflation that's now been frozen so that's actually getting smaller every year in real terms but hang on that's a four and a half times increase in the tax you're going to pay on money that you've risked in an, in an investment and so these measures that are bringing in, and I could, I could, you know, give you twenty measures, are inevitable, and there will be more and more, and they will, they will impact on everyone throughout the, uh, throughout our, our the, dem the dem demographic of of the UK population, and it's because we're we're so underwater. The government have to do it. Um, the biggest one, though, that. I don't think the man on the street, your listeners will know this, um, but I don't think the man on the street appreciates the biggest erosion of their wealth and it's inflation. Yes. And my accountant said that's how they're going to get their balance sheet healthier because when they owe a ton of money at a very low interest rate, you know, government's been able to borrow historically low interest rates, as has anyone else, by the way. And I know you're building a portfolio at the moment. We're doing that for you, Nick. You're 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 borrowing money at rates. Oh, I'm borrowing money faster than I've ever done in my life. <laughs> like literally the last last 18 months I've borrowed more money than I've ever borrowed before. Because, <laughs> because the rates were so low, I was like, I'd be an idiot not to. Exactly. And and also, Frank, of course, taking good advice from people like yourself, knowing that this is not going to last forever. So you go, look, in in you know, in years to come, probably in the next 12, 18 months, that you're not gonna be able to borrow at that rate again. So take advantage while you can was basically my thinking. Hey, it's Nick here. We'll get back to the show in the moment. I just wanted to tell you about a brand new free training I've put together for you all about how I went from zero to six figures, to seven figures, to multi seven figures in my business very, very quickly. So you can go and download that brand new free training at expertempires.com forward slash free training. Uh, and when you do that, you'll also be given the opportunity to book a free, no obligation strategy call with one of my team so they can help you individually plot your plan to growing your business from wherever it is right now, if it's zero to get to six figures fast, or if it's already at six figures to move it to seven figures or multi seven figures as quickly as possible. So go to expertempires.com forward slash free training. 
You, you can borrow now at 3%. This is a business, so you, you incorporate a company. This is how you're building your, or how we're building your portfolio for the moment, Nick. You've incorporated a company and that company's buying all your properties for you. That yeah. company is borrowing at 75% loan to value, 3% interest rate on that money. That has never been possible in my adult life. Um, 10 years ago, so 2009, 2010, that rate was above 6% for a company loan on, on the mainstream buy-to-let market. It's unbelievable. Now, that, you're absolutely right, won't be available for, I don't think, very much longer at all because inflation is going to kick in. Yeah. Interest rates in the UK, Bank of England basic rates, were always around 5%. They've been at 0.1% for years now. It's unbelievable. We used to look across at Japan. So I can remember when I was starting out in business and investing, 2007, 2008, Japan were at like 0%, 0.5%, 1%. And it was like, that's unbelievable. And they've been there for 20 years. We've been here for about 15 years now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it, is, it is unbelievable, actually, what, what you can borrow money for now. And the reason we're fixing your mortgages, and you and I have talked about this, Nick, for five years, is because you, when you come to refinance, you're not going to get those good deals. But the government have been able to get these amazing deals as well. So they borrow money at, let's just pick 1%, right? They'll, they'll probably borrow it quite a lot less than that. But let's just pick 1%. If they can get inflation up, so I think inflation's uh, heading to or has just surpassed 4%. I think the predictions for this year is 4%. And that means that fuel's going up. That means that uh, food is going up. That means that uh, energy's going up, so electricity, gas, et cetera. Um, what people often don't realize is there's a lot of VAT on all of that as well. So it's not just that inflation's eroding the debt, and I'll, I'll explain that in a bit more detail, but revenues for the government go up as well. And there's not VAT on everything. There's not VAT on the fuel to, war to warm your house, but there is on the fuel to drive your car, and there is on um, a, a, a lot of the, the, the food that we eat, especially if you eat out, et cetera. So everything going up in value is good for the government because their debt is not. So if there's 4% inflation, but their interest rate is only at 1%, that 3% that difference is eroding the debt. And over billions of pounds, that really, really makes a difference. So we will see, my prediction is, we will see rising inflation. How do you capitalize? It's actually, it's actually Frank, it's a more efficient way for them to erode the debt than increasing the tax rate. Much, much more. They'll do both. Obviously, you do both. But yeah. what I'm saying is it, it, it can probably, it's more like a blind tax. It's a hidden tax. It like, is hidden. And we're going to see a lot of those. If, if, they, if they nudge VAT from 20% to 25%, I mean, I can't imagine that that would happen. But if they did, that would be a very blatant, like, you know, for the business uh, community, that would be a very blatant, heavy increase. Mm. Um, whereas, like you say, just keeping it at 20%, but increasing um, the amount of revenue that they're going to get uh, and, and having inflation go higher, that actually doesn't look as bad. They don't have to do an announcement and tell you they're doing that. Exactly. It's, it's reported by other people. And the, the subtext is, this is just happening. We haven't done this to you. If they whack 1% on VAT, they are doing that to us, their, 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 their population. If inflation goes up, well, that's, you know, that's just happening. Not our fault. <laughs> exactly. But of course they're controlling it. You know, they're controlling it by pumping money into the economy there. They control it in many, many ways. So yeah, fascinating. Um, but, but that's a big, a big um, prediction. And, and he's now starting to come true. My accountant was saying that to me a year ago. He said, watch the inflation go through the roof now. And yeah, now interest rates will rise as a result of that. So as business owners and, and your audience, you need to be making sure that any debt you're taking on now is working hard for you. So you're, you've said you've borrowed more than you ever have, me the same. I'm making sure that that money is working incredibly hard for me um, and I'm fixing it at low rates for as long as I possibly can. Um, the brilliant thing about inflation is it pushes prices up. So my houses are going up in value. Like my portfolio has gone up just shy of 10%. I've got 
over 60 properties that 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 10 increase is not 10 it's like 8.9 and in some areas and i think it's 9.3 in other areas um but you know if we if we round it up to 10 percent, that's a phenomenal growth in in a 12-month period because all my mortgages have stayed the same i've got interest only buy to let mortgages so call it a hundred grand house that i've got a 70 grand mortgage on i've got 30 grand equity a year ago but today it's now worth 110 i've got 40 grand equity so my 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 net worth and that one property's gone up by 33 percent. it's phenomenal we, we haven't even got got going yet the fire of inflation's not really got going so getting into assets that are recession proof and that are inflation proof is very important um what we haven't seen yet but we will see is rents will go up property prices go up and then there's a lag and then rents will go up my mortgage payments so on a on a 70 grand mortgage I'll be paying something like 250 quid a month, maybe maybe pushing 280 quid a month. The rent on that might be 550. So I walk away with a nice 200 quid a month. That's a, a bog standard uh, property investing investment that you know we do all day long. That's what you're building your portfolio with at the moment, Nick. Stuff like that. That rent at 500, 550. Um, that's making you 200 quid a month. I wouldn't be surprised if that rent in 12 months time is 600. Yeah. Now, and people go, well, you know, 50 quid on 550, it's like just under 10%, 9%. No, 50 quid on 200 quid profit, it's now 250 quid profit, it's 100% profit, that increase. You've just had a 25% increase in your revenue from that one property, and that's across every property. And of course, that's one year's growth, maybe in... (laughs) Maybe in three years, it's 650 quid rent. And now you've got an extra 100 quid and you've got 50% extra on your 200. You know, it's inflation. You have to make it work for you. You have to, you have to be able to look forward. And this is why I pay people a lot of money to advise me. You have to be able to look forward and go, I can't control the game. Coming back to that, you know, we, I'm not going to go and petition politicians. I'm not going to donate money to political parties. So I'm not going to influence the game in any way because I, I can't be bothered. It's like trying to, you know, get in the water and kick your legs really hard to move an oil tanker. I I can't be bothered in that. But what I want to do is go, right, where is this oil tanker going? What's the conditions going to be? How can I position my little boat to, to capitalize on that environment? And the environment that we're entering into is very different to the one we've been in. It's going to be high inflation. Interest rates going to rise. I wouldn't be surprised if we hit 5% in the next five years. And that, that will devastate people who have built their lives around cheap credit. And so if you think about your business, what does your business do? Who are your customers? How are they going to be impacted by that? Are they going to get into financial difficulty? Do you need to be um, foreseeing that? Can you help them with that? Can you um, capitalize on that? Can you um, offer a service that's going to help people that are in that position? Or can you sell lots of something now when credit's really cheap? And then can you pivot that business once inflation starts going up and it's no longer so so cheap. So a lot of capital expenses right now you can put on finance and they look ridiculously cheap. <laughs> but yeah. only if you fix it. So if you can fix stuff, you've got credit agreements in your in your um um business where your credit provider can give your clients five-year credit terms, 10-year credit terms. Brilliant. Sell as much of that as you can because potentially in 12 or 24 months time, those products are going to feel and look a lot more expensive to your clients. So it's about looking forward, seeing where we're going to be. And we are going into a more tax a more taxed environment for sure. We're going into a high inflation environment. We're going into a, um, yeah, more hostile environment because it's unsustainable. The the rosy, you know, let's wrap everyone in cotton wool that we've had for the last 12, 18 months can't continue. And that change that comes about, I, I predict we'll see a property market correction. Um, it will be just that. It's not a crash. The media will go, oh, it's a crash when it's at 1%. I think it could drop five or ten percent in the property market, and for a novice investor, that would be you know someone listening might might think, well, hang on, Nick, you just said you're buying properties. Frank's building your portfolio. Are you not worried? You know, you're 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 buying a, a, 
a rate of knots at the moment. Now you could have a significant number of properties in 12 months time that all drop by, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 10%. I'd be very surprised if it's 20%. Um, it could be 5%, but let's just say for a moment, 10%, right? And let's keep the mass easy. Let's say that the average value of those houses is hundred. It's not, it's about 125 or something, but call them a hundred thousand. And let's just say 20 properties as a, as a random figure, 20 properties all worth hundred grand. You've got 2 million pounds worth of property there. And they take a 10% hit. That's 200 grand wiped off your balance sheet. That's off your net net worth. It won't be overnight, but you know, perhaps over a six month period, a nine month period. That's what happened in 2008, 2009. Um, firstly, well, let me ask you, Nick, how would you feel about that? <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not ideal. And you go, as long as you're uh, A, not in a position where you need to sell, um, and B, you've got enough equity in there um, and see you playing the long game, then doesn't really matter. Cause over time, as you've already said, over time, rents are going to go up and um, over a longer period of time, then, you know, the, there'll be, uh, it's just a short term correction probably. So I, I guess it, like you said, the novice investor, which by the way, I don't count myself as a, certainly I don't count myself as, as a sophisticated investor. That's why I've got you, Frank. <laughs> That's why I come to you for advice on these things, but I, I know enough to not freak out about it. And that's why I asked you the question. And I, I agree, you're not a novice investor. You're you're a, a sophisticated investor, perhaps not a sophisticated property investor, but you get the the macroeconomics and you get the the um the nuances of of why we do things in 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 certain ways. You're absolutely but my, by the way, my advice straight up for anyone listening here, like I mean, you I, I do count myself as a novice investor, even though I, I know you would say that I've got a fair understanding at a macro level, but uh, look, I mean, I'm, I'm making notes during this podcast. I'm learning things. <laughs> Some of the stuff that you've shared, I've written down because I'm learning. And, mm. uh, you know, I think, I think for anyone listening to this, that, that here's this understands it at a high level, but wouldn't know how to do anything about this at a more micro level. I, I mean, I'm with you. This is exactly how I feel about it. Like, this is why you should get around great people. And, you know, I, I work with Frank and partner with Frank and, um, you know, and, and take his advice on on these investments and essentially trust him with my money. Um, and I think, you know, whether it's Frank or somebody else, you should, if you're not, if you're like me and you go, yeah, I've got the capital, but not the knowledge, experience, understanding of how to do this, then certainly, um, you know, find somebody that does to partner with. And, um, and again, you know, if you wanted to speak with Frank directly, um, by all means, feel free to direct message me and I'm, I'm happy to introduce you. You can, you know, you can, uh, tell Frank what your, what your situation is and what you're looking to achieve maybe over the next few years. And, and, you know, he's happy to advise and, and support you and help you. So yeah, all I'd say is if you, um, feel like, a lot like I do in this conversation. Uh, like I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, super advanced with my knowledge and understanding of this subject. Um, but you, but you know enough and understand enough to to go. Yeah, I hear that um, there's going to be high inflation. I know that interest rates are going to go up over time um, quite dramatically in the short term. I know that, you know, probably the property market's going to have a correction and this all makes sense to you and you want to do something about it, then like I said, um, by all means, drop me a, a message uh, and I'll introduce you to Frank or, or, you know, or find someone like I did. Find someone like Frank who understands this and already does it well uh, and that you can work with. Absolutely. Nick. Find someone who's already doing it. That's the key thing. Not someone who just teaches it, someone who's actually doing it. Um, yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, that, that example that I just gave two million quid's worth of property, right? If you've got 75% mortgages, that's 1.5 million pounds worth of uh, mortgages you have there. The and people get nervous about debt. You have to pay off your mortgage. No, if you understand investing, you actually want as much debt as you can because it's good debt rather than bad debt. You've got five hundred grand's worth of equity there, and in that calculation where you lose ten percent, you've now lost two hundred grand. Like people would would be uh, scared. Some would be liquidating. Some would be selling, etc. But you've just said you'd sit tight, and of course you would. You've got three hundred grand more grand there of equity. You know, so you you're all good with your three hundred thousand pound of equity, albeit you know, your hundred grand houses are now only worth 90. They're still bringing you in. Let's use that figure from earlier, 200 quid a month. 
So you've got £4,000 a month still coming in. So why would you be a forced seller? You've got plenty of money coming in. And if you've structured your mortgages correctly, et cetera, they're all on fixed rates. They're not going to shoot up anytime soon. And you would have structured them if you're sensible to come off those fixed mortgages at intervals. But here's the thing. That rent is going to go up. So that four grand could easily become five grand over a six, 12, 18 month period. So now you've got five grand a month coming in and you could look at it in three years time. Maybe it takes three years, right? Before those hundred grand houses that have become 90 become a hundred grand again. So they take a hit over six, 12 months, and then they take 24 months to recover. And you could look at it and go, well, that was a waste of time. What a waste of time that was. I've you know, not made any money, but of course you made four grand a month and now you're making five grand a month. And now you've gone through the dip in the property cycle and you're poised with a portfolio of 20 properties to ride the wave up the next um, uh, boom, if you want to call it that. Because the UK property market, you look back at the last hundred years, it's a 10, 12, 14 year cycle that goes down and then it goes up and then it plateaus off and then it goes down and then it goes up. But over time, it's on an upward trajectory. And that's the final thing I would say, Nick. People try and time the property market and it's the biggest mistake they can make. What I advocate, and this is what you're doing, um, is pound cost averaging. And what that means is if you want to buy five properties, you buy one this quarter, one next quarter, one next quarter, one next quarter. And what that means is if you buy today at 100 and next month it's 100 and next quarter it's 102, you just pay 102 for it. But the first one has gone up by two grand. And then you buy another one and it's 104 and that one's gone up. But now the first one's 104 and the second one's gone up by two grand as well. And then in the third quarter, there's a crash and you buy it at, at 95. But now you're buying one at 95 that last month was 104 and you've got a really good bargain. And the other, the other three, you are just hanging on to and they're producing positive cash flow. And what that means is if you can be brave and just recognize you're buying in an upward market, the, any investment you buy today is going to be worth more in 10 years time. I'm talking about property investing, not, not any investment, but any property. And so the reason I say that, Nick, is people might listen and might be thinking, yeah, but if you know there's a crash coming, wait for the crash. You cannot buy 20 or 30 or, or even three properties in a hurry. It's an illiquid market. And when the crash comes, mortgages become really hard to get because banks don't want to lend any more money. So not only do interest rates go up, you'll be paying 4 or 5% potentially for your mortgage, for your money, but also getting those mortgages might be three times harder or four times harder. I can remember in 2009, it was like pulling teeth and it's hard now, Nick, to get mortgages. As you know, you jump through quite a few hoops, but oh my goodness, it will get a lot harder. And of course that's self-fulfilling. The market softens by one or 2%. So the lenders tighten their criteria, which means more people can't buy, which means there's less buyers, which means there's more sellers, which depresses the market even more. And so you'll see that, you'll see that downward spiral potentially. Now, I can't say for definite, and that's the thing, if for anyone trying to time the market, what if there isn't a drop? I can't say there's definitely going to be one. I'm not waiting with my money to buy more properties. I'm buying properties all of, all of the time. And I, I, I want to um, just mention that, Nick, uh, if that's all right. I hope you don't mind. Um, do you mind me mentioning the, the transaction we've done this morning, Nick? Is that okay? No, it's fine. Go for it. I should probably ask your permission before I disclose no, you it. Can, but... but the thing is you borrowed. So Nick loaned me for a period of what, four weeks, something like that, Nick. Um, I think it's about four weeks, five weeks, maybe, uh, 200,000 pounds. Right. Um, and Nick had borrowed that money at a very low rate. I don't know what you're paying on that. Do you know what you're paying on that uh, loan? That Nick? Uh, uh, good question. Mm, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but it was, yeah, it was very, very low interest rate. I, I would have thought it's like, 3% or 2%, I don't know, something like that. Um, but I paid you, I had a deal that I wanted to do. I've actually done two deals with that money in, in five weeks. I, I have made so much money from borrowing that money from Nick and paid you 1% a month. I pay you 1% a month? Yeah, 1% a month I paid you for that money. So you've, that's a, that's a 12%. Annualized, annualized it's 12%, yeah, which you're 12%. not getting anywhere else, yeah. No, exactly. So you've borrowed that money at 2 or 3% and you've lent it to me at 12%. That's brilliant leverage from your perspective on- And it on wasn't money. doing it, and it wasn't doing anything. I wasn't, I didn't have any plans for it in that five-week period. So it was kind of a bit of a no-brainer. Well, exactly. So uh, five weeks, what have you earned? 2,000. 
300 quid, something like that in, in that period. But it's a win for you because you've, you've leveraged that money. Um, and it's a win for me because I've gone and done some, some deals. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about looking at our environment. So where are we at right now from an economic perspective and where are we headed? I'm, I'm trying to buy properties at the moment because I like property as a long-term investment. I'm wanting to grow my portfolio. I'm wanting to grow my net worth and, and that of my clients. And we're looking at our resources. I didn't have enough money to do this deal liquid right then. It needed to be done quickly. And so I picked up the phone and to, to yourself and said, Nick, are you in a position to invest in this? It would, it would help me out, but also I can pay a nice interest rate. And you were like, yeah, I do have that. And that would work well. So it's only a couple of grand interest, but it's the principle that I wanted to share of really ratcheting up making the most of what we have really and i and i think for for business owners moving forward that are building their empires every time you hear a negative comment in the media you should feel a little pang of excitement and it's not very popular i, I hesitated before saying it earlier i'm excited about the change that we see in our world it's it's exciting because whenever there's great change, there's great opportunity. And every guru, you know, Benjamin Graham says that, um, Warren Buffett says that change is massive as an opportunity. And some people, a good friend of ours, Rob Moore, was, was talking about this at the start of the pandemic. He was saying that um, some people are sticking their head in the sand. They are, you know, just giving up to all intents and purposes and others are rolling up their shirt sleeves and going, right, how much money can I make <laughs> sat behind my laptop? Because I can't go anywhere. What can I get into now? In fact, one of our friends, uh, Nick, on a, on a, on a, uh, in our mastermind actually, popped a message on right at the start. I sent him a, a direct message actually saying, you are a smart cookie. Um, he sent a message to, to us on, on the group saying, um, guys, I found a manufacturer in China that can make COVID tests, like completely legitimate COVID tests. Yeah. Who who's in? Who wants to buy? We can we can bring it. I think he needed two hundred grand uh, sterling to bring over like a container of uh, COVID tests. And I, I recently did. I went to the uh, Southampton boat show. I was looking at yachts um, uh, this last weekend, just gone. And they asked for a lateral flow test. You had to do your own one and lodge lodge it with the NHS. So I had to order an NHS uh, uh, lateral flow test. Do you know where they're manufactured? In China. Yeah. In China. Yeah. It cracked me up. I was like, oh my goodness, you're like a year ahead, 18 months ahead of, uh, of the NHS. And that's it. That he, he, he sat there um, thinking to himself, what opportunities do this uh, provide? That same guy, actually, um, when Clubhouse went crazy over like Christmas 2019, 2020, no, 2020, 2021, yeah. that Christmas just gone. It, it was just gathering momentum. And then it really hit the masses like January, February, March. He had in early January, like very early January, a course out, an internet course that could be yeah, purchased, yeah. how to make Clubhouse work for you. Now, if that is not an example of selling pans to people who want to go pan for gold, I can't think of it. And those of you that know the story, you know, in a gold rush, the people that make the money are not the people that are looking for gold. It's the people selling the shovels and the pans. That's an example of that. And, and that's what excites and, me about the change. And it's, but it's speed of, I think the person that you're referring to in particular, um, we know well, Frank, and, and is renowned in our circle for speed of implementation. It's like, you know, when something comes uh, an opportunity rises he's already selling the pan right before exactly. before anyone else uh, or before people are even you know starting to look for them so yeah i think it's it's seeing those opportunities but then having the um having the speed of implementation to take advantage of the opportunity as well um I'm wary of time, mate, and I know that we could talk all day about this stuff. I, I, by the way, I got like a load of questions that I'd written down. In <laughs> I bet we've done none of them. Yeah, sorry I've, about that. I've asked like two, um, but, <laughs> but, it's been, but, it's been, but you know what? We'll do it again. We'll just do more of them. It's fine. Um, maybe we'll do one in a few months' time, and we'll kind of review this. Um, you know, as we, uh, of course, as you said, the you know predicting the economy is probably easier now for the next six to twelve months than it was you know, at the start of the pandemic, because there was more unknowns, but um, it's certainly worth us um, reviewing this maybe in three or six months time and, uh, and looking at what's happening then and, uh, and what the opportunities are ahead then.
Absolutely, mate. And and the reason for that is it can all be turned on its head in a heartbeat. You know, you look at Angela Merkel uh, at the moment, she's like no longer um, German chance, German chancellor uh, as of, you know, the last few days that could happen here. If, you know, we, we had Jeremy Corbyn coming in, he was talking about some major changes, rightly or wrongly, they were major changes. You know, we would have felt that at a personal level across the country. Um, we could have a massive change of government. We could have, a uh, a mutation. Well, let's not rule out. We're going into the winter. Let's not rule out. Exactly. There could be, there could be you know, a massive spike and no more lockdowns. And, you know, we would hope not, but it's it's not. I think if the last 18 months has taught us anything, it's certainly not out of the question. Like no, nothing is unimaginable now at this point. Precisely. Precisely. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think like you say, you know, you've got to um, be, be prepared and expect the unexpected. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Exciting well, times. It, it, and it is exciting times. I think we need to, we'll, we'll end on that note of re- remember uh, what Frank had said here. And I agree that, you know, in, in any time or any period of uncertainty, there's always the biggest opportunity. Um, and so whatever happens, you know, in the next few months, there will be crazy opportunities for you to take advantage of investing in property as I am with Frank or indeed to offer products and services within your own business where there's high demand to work out ways to um, make your offers as compelling as possible to um, reward people for doing business with you. There's always going to be opportunities to do that if you choose to see them. And, and it really is then just a, just a mindset thing. And, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people over the next few months um, in, in kind of doom and gloom and, you know, furlough ends, um, I believe like, this in this week, right? Um, imminent, and, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, furlough ends, and there's going to be a bunch of people. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm almost convinced that you know there's going to be um, a stack of people who are out of work, which is going to mean there's a lot more, um, uh, a lot more supply in the jobs market, which has been really a, a big challenge. We've noticed that a lot over uh, over the last you know six to twelve months in particular. Not a lot of um, yeah, there's, there's certainly people are generally speaking, companies are hiring aggressively. Um, and there isn't, um, much in the way of, of skilled work, like skilled workers. And I think you're going to see a flip on that. And with, you know, with, uh, um, with furlough ending, there's going to be a lot of people mm. now who are, can't be sustained in their certain roles. So there'll be certain skill sets that are going to be more readily available than they have been. So it, it, there's always going to be uh, change. And of course, you know, there's been a lot of that over the last 18 months. There'll be more, more coming. And uh, Frank, will certainly get you back on in a few months time to review this and, and look at what's happened and then what's likely to be happening, you know, in, in 2022 and beyond. Look forward to it, mate. Always, uh, always a pleasure. <laughs> thanks, yeah, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, those that have been listening, thank you again, of course, for supporting and uh, being avid listeners of the Empire Builders podcast. If you'd like to, uh, as I said a couple of times, if you'd like to uh, connect with Frank and, uh, and and explore how he might be able to support you as he is me, then um, yeah, just direct message me and I'll, uh, on Instagram or uh, or any social. Um, Instagram's probably the best one because I'm more likely to see it. Uh, or drop us an email in uh, on hello at expertempires.com and uh, I will certainly make an introduction and you guys can connect. Happy to uh, to help anyone. Yeah. Cheers, Nick. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.